Hey everybody, welcome to Salem Fields Community Church and happy Easter to you. I'm Pastor Chris and it's so great to have you here with us today. And while this year may look a little bit different and we may be in different places around Fredericksburg, Spotsylvania County, in Virginia, around the country and around the world, we are worshiping together today. And if you haven't already, make sure that you check in on Facebook, check in on social media, let your friends know where you're worshiping for Easter and that they can join us as well. And also by those means, we're going to be keeping you informed and updated on ways that you can connect during this time too. We have a lot of great events and things and groups that are coming up that we'll be posting on social media as well as sending out in our weekly e-news. If you don't currently receive that, we invite you to to uh, reach out to us at info at salemfields.com and then we'll be in touch with you about that. Also, if you consider Salem Fields Community Church to be your church home, I wanna encourage you to give your tithes and offerings electronically and you can do that by the website or also by the Salem Fields app. Or if you're old school, you can also mail in a check. And we believe that God is faithful to us when we are generous with all that he has given us. And so while Easter may look a little bit different this year, the fact remains that Jesus is risen. And today, today we're going to celebrate together.
Hello, friends of Salem Fields Community Church. It's great to welcome you here for this Easter celebration 2020. Right in the middle of the coronavirus quarantine, we're able to say, He is risen! He is risen indeed! That's the great cheer of the Christians across the centuries, and I hope that you know it and you'll just join in anytime you hear that, He is risen, with your part that says, He is risen indeed, right there in your house, if it's just you or if it's 15 people. Say it, and let's just shout out, Praise God, He is risen. He is risen indeed. You know, this is the most unique, unusual Easter that I've ever experienced. Now, get this. This is my 71st Easter. And as far as I know, I've been in some gathering of Christians in an Easter service celebration every one of those other 70 times. But this year is totally unique. It's totally different. And so well, I want us to try to celebrate it anyhow. I've been with those Christians, and I think even though we're not together, we can still celebrate. And I'm going to shout out, He is risen again. And I want to encourage you to shout it with me. He is risen. He is risen indeed. And oh, that's the great good news. Well, my name is Jerome Hancock. I'm the interim pastor serving here at the retirement of our wonderful friends, pastors Buddy and Gay Marston. I love them so much. Been friends for a long time. And I know that you've loved them and appreciated the way God has powerfully used them in this church across 25 years. And so I'm thankful to be a part of the church again now. I've been a part at various times and been in various functions and talked with Pastor Buddy and Gay several times about different things happening here. And I'm just blessed to be uh, here. And I look forward to what God's going to do in the future because this is the God who can do anything. He's risen, risen indeed. Well, praise God for the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. Praise God for Easter. You know, we may not be physically together, but we can join Christians all around the globe on this Easter, and we can celebrate the fact that our Savior, Jesus Christ, is risen from the dead. He came out of the grave. He can conquer anything that we face. Praise the Lord. If He can conquer death, He can take care of all your problems and all of my problems put together. Thank the Lord. And so we have great hope. We can celebrate today like no other. People on the planet can celebrate. We have the God who has risen from the dead, and he's on our side. Praise his wonderful name. Well, today, as we think about the coronavirus and how it's kind of changed everything, and the fact that we're in quarantine, we recognize it's trying to wreak havoc on our, our, our families, our nation, our world. And so I just think we ought to pray. I, I know you probably have been touched in some way by many people uh, who have either struggled with or concerned about the coronavirus. I personally know of three people that are in my sphere of influence that have it, and they're concerned not only about their own physical well-being, but that of their family. And in fact, one of the young ladies that's connected with our church in uh, Southside in Richmond is in very critical condition and needs our prayers, as do many others. And so I just think we ought to lift those folks up in prayer to the God for whom nothing is impossible. So I want to encourage you. Let's just pray for unity. Let's pray for healing. We need physical healing from the coronavirus, but we also need the healing from the plague of sin that's rampant in our world. So let's pray together and ask for God's touch, God's healing on our homes, on our own personal lives, on our community, our nation, and our world. Dear Lord, we come to you, the sovereign king of heaven and earth, the God who holds it all in the palm of your hand, the God for whom nothing is impossible. Praise the Lord forever. 
You brought Jesus forth out of the grave. You can do anything. You spoke this universe into existence. And so, Lord, we come to you and we ask you in the mighty name of Jesus to give us the healing that we need, the help and the health that we need that only you can bring. And so we ask for the touch of heaven to change the situation here in our homes. Lord, you know how people are struggling, how they're afraid, how children have been rattled by all of this. And I pray for parents to be able to stand firm and have peace in their hearts because their hands are in your hand. And I pray, Lord, that you would help them to be able to give that peace to their children. I pray that our houses would be full of your peace and presence. I pray that our community would be touched and that healing would come to so many with a coronavirus. You know about personal friends and connections and how those lives touch us and how we are all interspersed and yet interconnected and Lord we need each other and we know that you care about us and so we pray with faith right now that you hear and answer our prayers we ask for your blessing on our nation Lord you know how our president and our leaders struggle with all of this and so many other issues bless and help them and bless our world help us Lord to be the Christ ends the Christians you want us to be that we can share the message of Jesus wherever we go, that people will see Jesus in us, they'll see Christ in us, and that we will carry that message with joy and brightness, and people will say, hey, I've got to know something about that. So we praise your holy name. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for Easter, the hope it gives us for eternal life, and we just say we love you, Lord. It's good to be your children. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord. I love to think about the good things of God and celebrate on Easter with you. I'm so thankful for this privilege. And I'm thinking how wonderful it is a moment ago when we prayed. We prayed a prayer of faith. We were praying in faith that there is a God who hears us. We prayed in faith that that God not only hears us, but he cares and he listens. We prayed in faith, believing that he cares, he listens, and he has the power to do something 
and that he will do something. That's a lot of faith expression right there. And I'm so thankful to tell you today that I believe faith is very important. And you have to examine your faith and ask yourself, does my faith stand up under the pressure of life and of death? Faith. Examine your faith. That's why I've been preaching this series on Pyramid of Faith. I take that strong geometric shape, the, the pyramid, and then build three levels into it. Level one, the base level. Is there a God? Yes. Yes. Observation tells us there must be a God. I mean, if you just look around, you've got to believe in God. Look at the enormity of our universe. I mean, just looking out into space makes me think there, this cannot have just happened. Or when you go out and you look at the beauty of a Bradford pear tree in blossom. I tell you, we got some beautiful one here, beautiful ones here in uh, Salem Fields. Just a couple of days ago, I was out driving around a week and a half, I guess, looking at those beautiful white Bradford pear trees, saying, this couldn't have just happened. Looking at a, a gazelle, you know, I've seen them on, on those videos of National Geographic. And you see a gazelle bounding across the plain of Africa, and you go, that couldn't have just happened. Or think about the emotion that we feel when we look into the eyes of our lifelong love. Feel that joy. Or when you look into the face of a newborn baby, you have to say, this couldn't just happen. These feelings can't just be chemical. There's so much more to it than that. Human reason, logic, experience, and significance shout, there must be a God. So is there God? I say yes. Everything says there must be a God. Praise the Lord. Then the second level of that pyramid is, what does this God look like? Well, the faith answer is, he looks just like Jesus. Yes, sir, brother. You know, I decided a long time ago if I was going to be, believe in a God, I was going to believe in a big one, a big God. And Jesus is big. The Bible says this Jesus obeyed the Father and came to earth to live starting out as a baby and growing up into a man to walk these paths of Gal Galilee and Palestine. That's pretty big to think God would do that for us. But it goes on to talk about his miracles and his teachings and how he lived and how he loved. That's big, folks. Then he said this, I and the Father am one. In other words, he said that he and God were the same. So you have to ask yourself, is he crazy? But then he allowed us, he allowed you and me, to kill him on a cross to pay the penalty for our sins. Folks, that's bigger. That's a love we don't know anything about. That's dying for your enemies. That's, that is a love that's mighty big. That's really big. Then after being buried in a tomb on the third day, he rose from the dead. Hallelujah. That's the biggest. Praise the Lord. And by the way, here's just one example of why I can feel so certain that Jesus rose from the dead. I wasn't there. I know he's alive, though, because I've felt him in my heart and I've experienced that. But I want to give you an example why I believe he actually rose from the dead. You know, he had 12 disciples. That's what we talked about, the 12 main disciples. Well, one of them, Judas, committed suicide after having betrayed Jesus. He had so much remorse, he knew he'd done the wrong thing. He committed suicide, and some of you may be battling with remorse and guilt. I'm just here to tell you, Peter, one of the disciples, also denied Jesus. He didn't betray him like that, but he denied him three times, and he was filled with remorse. But he waited, and Jesus came to him, and he talked with Jesus, and he received forgiveness. 
and his remorse and regret dissipated and went away in the love of Jesus. I believe Judas could have had that as well if he had not taken matters into his own hands. And I want to challenge you today, if you're struggling in some area, to let go and let the love of Jesus fill your heart and change that remorse and that guilt and that tension and all that darkness into the glorious light of his presence. Let him bring you out of the tomb, out of the grave that Satan wants you trapped in. God has big plans for you. And so I see those disciples, Judas, commit suicide. And then John, John the Beloved, if you watch his life, you'll find out he was tortured several times. He went through great pain for Jesus and was ultimately exiled to a prison island to live out there by himself. I mean, this guy went through tremendous hardship because he preached Jesus. And then of the, the 10 other disciples, there were 10 other disciples besides Judas and John. Those 10, every one of them, history tells us, died as martyrs for preaching Jesus. Now, you think about it. 12 disciples, 11 of them willing to lay down their lives for Jesus. These were cowards that ran out the night Jesus was betrayed. They ran from Jesus. Then they got either tortured or martyred for Jesus. What was the difference? They had seen him alive. And also, they waited, as he told them, and were filled with his Holy Spirit. So they had power to serve God on a level that I want to have in my life. He changed them from cowards to missionaries. And I tell you, folks, God can do great things in your life if you'll trust him and let him. So it makes it very reasonable when I look at the lives of those disciples and the change that happened after Jesus supposedly, some would say, raised from the dead. No, he rose from the dead and those lives of those the 11 disciples to me really prove it. And besides, we're here today celebrating Jesus because he is who he said he was. Remember the fellow who said to the Sanhedrin, if this is just of man, it'll dissipate in a few weeks. But if this is God, we won't be able to stop it. <laughs> here we are. Here we are. You make your choice, but I'm here to tell you, this is of God. And I'm excited to be a part of it. And I want you to be a part of it. Praise the Lord. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Oh, can we just celebrate that? Praise the Lord. Then Hebrews 1.3 just knocks the whole thing out of the park for me. When it says, the Son, that means Jesus, is the radiance of God's glory and the exact, the exact representation of his being. I mean, this Jesus looks just like God. Now, we're not just talking about the physical. We're talking about the spirit, the personality, the what he represents. That's who God is. We see something about the presence of God, much about it in the life and the living and the death of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You might think, hey, this preacher guy's getting kind of wound up about all this stuff. But I'll tell you what, it blesses my heart. I'm betting my whole life on this thing. I want to live so that I can see Jesus. I want to know the power that brought him out of the grave. I want that same power in my life. I believe this stuff with all my heart. And I want you to believe it too. I want my children to believe it. I want my grandchildren to believe it. And it's such a blessing to see them walking in God's plan for their lives. I want others to believe this. I want you and your loved ones to believe it with all your hearts. Why? Because I want to live and I want you to live. More importantly, God wants you to live. Jesus wants you to live forever with him. In John 10, 10, Jesus just shouts it out. He says, folks, 
I am come that you might have life and have it to the full. I mean, God wants you to have life to the max. He wants you to have everything that heaven can afford you. And John, the beloved disciple who walked with Jesus, saw his miracles, heard his teaching, saw him crucified, saw him buried in a grave, saw him after he rose from the grave. In fact, saw him ascend into heaven. This very witness of Jesus writes, there are many more things I could have said, but I want you to know these things that I have written, because when you read these things, you read the life of Jesus, and I want you to believe that he is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing that, you might have life through his name. In other words, he said, I wrote the whole Gospel of John and other things that I wrote, so that you might have life through believing in his name. That's what I'm preaching about. That's why I'm excited. So I say to you today, is there a God? Yes, there is. What does he look like? He looks just like Jesus. Can you trust that? I pray that you will think about it.
Welcome back, friends. You know, as we come to the peak of this pyramid of faith, that third and very important question, what does God want? We think about the gods of other civilizations and cultures, and they always want something from us. They want to look at us, watch us, manipulate us, play with us. They want to torture us. They want to send us through problems. There's all kinds of things that these gods want from us. So the question is, does the God we've been talking about, who looks like Jesus, what does he want from us? Well, yes, he does want something. He wants us to totally submit to him. And we go, oh, wow, that sounds an awful like some of those, some of those other gods, doesn't it? Well, yeah, I guess it does. He does want everything from us. But it's more like when uh, I was getting ready to get married. I remember the wedding day. I was ready for it to come on. Man, I was in love with Brenda Lane from Grenada, Mississippi. And uh, this is 49 plus years ago. And uh, it, was a, it was a Saturday there in Grenada. And I was running around trying to just get time to go by. So 4.30 and our wedding time could get there. And I remember as we stood there and, and the preacher was talking and I was looking into Brenda's beautiful eyes and thinking how much I loved her and how ready I was to be married. And, and out of the corner of my ear, I guess you'd say, I, I did happen to have enough consciousness to understand the preacher just saying, and will you be faithful only unto her as long as you both shall live? And kind of grabbed my attention and I was startled. I said, oh, oh, just a minute. Let me, let me talk to her just a minute. And I looked down at Brenda and I said, uh, Brenda, uh, just with you the rest of my life, I mean, there's a lot of other girls out there, and, and, and really we're saying it's just me and you, and um, don't you think I ought to have a little freedom? Uh, i tell you what, uh, if you'll just give me Tuesday nights, uh, I'll give you my wallet and everything in it. How about that? You know, she looked up at me, and she gave me the look. Now, some of you guys that are married, you know what I'm talking about when I say the look. You know, like, are you a total off-the-chart idiot? It's the look, the look. you know, you, you've gotten it before. She gave me the look and she said, no, Jerome, I don't want your wallet. And I said, oh, okay, well, uh, I'll tell you what, if you'll just give me Tuesday night, I will give you the keys to my car. You can have the Corvette. And she gave me the look again. And uh, <laughs> I remember her words and she just said, no, Jerome, I don't want your silly Corvette. Well, silly, I like that thing, but... I said, well, what in the world? I, I said, just Tuesday night, I'll tell you what, I'll give you my wallet, I'll give you my car, I'll give you the house, I'll give you the deed to the house that I bought in expectation of our marriage. She said, no, Jerome, I don't want your house. I don't want your car. I don't want your wallet. And I looked at her incredulously. And I said, what, what do you want? She said, I want you, Jerome Hancock. I want you. Hmm. And then she went on to say, because when I have you, I'll have your wallet. I'll have your car. I'll have your house. <laughs> now, what am I saying? We're talking about marriage here, and you get the implication. She wanted all of me, just like I wanted all of her. And in a marriage, we come together as equals, giving everything to each other and to each other alone. That's what a good marriage is. 
So yes, God wants from us everything. But the good deal is, He's already given to us everything, and He wants to give to us even more. Oh, I get excited when I think about that. God wants to give everything. Yes, He wants some things from you, but He's got everything for you. Our God has promised forgiveness for your sins. <laughs> we don't deserve that, but He's promised forgiveness. He's already died on the cross to provide it. He's promised His Holy Spirit power for you. Jesus said, I want to go, but I will send my Holy Spirit, and He will give you power. Oh, praise the Lord. And He promised His presence for you. He said, I will never leave you or forsake you. He said, I will give you my provision is for you. I will supply all your needs according to my riches and glory. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm talking about? This God we serve, yes, He wants everything, but He deserves more than everything. He deserves it all. He has promised to us eternal life for you and me. Praise the Lord. And the list goes on and on and on. The bottom line, God is for you. When you choose to believe in Him and give Him everything, He gives you His everything. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, my everything was pretty pitiful when I brought it to Jesus. It was, you know, ashes of my dreams and crumble pieces from the castles I thought I was building and, and just all kinds of brokenness, filth, filthy rags. And I wrapped it all up and I laid it at the cross, said, that's everything I've got, Lord. And then I received everything he has. And oh, you cannot outgive God. My mom used to say, he's got a bigger shovel than you've got. And so when you give him your all, he gives you his all, and there is no comparison. Praise the Lord forever. I love Romans chapter 8, and especially verses 31 and 32 speak to me right now, when it says, if God is for us, who can be against us? Yes, God wants some stuff from us, but he's for us. And he's got some stuff for us. He who did not spare his own son. If Jesus didn't keep back his own son when it came to your salvation, but gave him up for us all, how much more will he not now freely give us all things <laughs> graciously according to his greatness? Oh, praise the Lord forever. I can't hardly preach right now. I'm so excited about what it means in my heart. So level three, what does God want? Get this. This is crazy. He wants relationship with you. And I tell you, folks, it's simple. We make it complicated, but it's simple. Children can understand it. I want you to watch this video. It just blesses my heart. It's kind of cute, but it's more than cute. It's true. And it, it really relates how anybody can understand this. Watch this little girl. She preaches her testimony. I'm glad we're back today. I want to tell you about God. God is Jesus, and Jesus is God. And Jesus came to earth to die for our sins, and he raised from the grave so that we can can be can have eternal life and live with him forever in heaven. It's a great thing to talk about because God is the one who will set you free from sin. And sin is the bad stuff we do, and the bad stuff we think, and the bad stuff we say, and the bad stuff we do, and the bad stuff we say, like lying and not being truthful. Sin is just on our hearts, but God takes it and puts it on his own 
God, while he's dying on the cross, he took our sin so that we can live with him forever. And that's amazing. It's amazing that God takes our sin and gives it to and gives it to Jesus. And Jesus dies on the cross and raised from the grave. And he and we can have eternal life with him. That's crazy. But um, I just wanted to talk to you guys about that because I know I love Jesus. I just love you. And I want to say goodbye. Goodbye, everyone. Well, praise the Lord. It is amazing, isn't it? God is so good. And his plan is so wonderful. So level three, what does he want? He wants relationship with you. He wants your everything so he can give you his everything. He proves that by raising Jesus from the dead. That's why Easter is so big. He's saying to you, I want to give you everything, even eternal life. You don't have to worry about death. I can raise you from the dead if you will trust me. Romans 8, 11 says, if the spirit of him who raised up Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. So the big deal is just to have that relationship with God. What does he want? He wants relationship with us. And what do I want? I want life and I want relationship with the living God. And when I have that, I have eternal life. So that's what this pyramid of faith is all about. Is there a God? Yes. What does God look like? Looks just like Jesus. And what does God want? God wants, and it's totally unbelievable, God wants relationship with you and with me. I was a sinner all covered with shame, lost, defiled, no merit to claim. Somehow God loved me in spite of my sin, saved me, redeemed me, cleansed me from sin. God did a wonderful thing for me one glorious happy day when he took all my sin away. That's the God we serve. You give him your mess, he gives you his glory. Hallelujah. I love the Lord and I'm glad and I want you to believe it. Do you believe it? Do you want it? Do you want this? If you don't have it today, I want you to know, here's what the Bible says, Romans 10, 9. If you will declare with your mouth, in other words, if you will say, Jesus is Lord, and if you will believe it in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Whew. You'll have it. You'll walk into that relationship that I've been talking about where you've given your little bit, your pitiful little pile of stuff to God, and he gives you the unsearchable riches of heaven, how will he not now freely give us all things? <laughs> if we, when we were yet sinners, he died for us. Oh, I know that I'm kind of all over the page in some regard, but I'm on one page, and that is there is a great God who looks just like Jesus. He loves you so much. He wants an eternal relationship with you. Don't miss out on this. Don't miss out on this. Why don't you just bow your head right now and think about it. Do you believe that Jesus is Lord? Do you believe that God raised him from the dead? Confess that to the Lord. And if you need forgiveness, just ask him to forgive you. And the Bible says you'll be saved. You'll be saved. Think about it. Lord Jesus, speak to us in this moment. And with our heads bowed and our hearts open to the Lord, whatever you need to do to contemplate, if you need to look out the window, if you need to look up to heaven, if you just need to read something in your Bible, just think about it while we listen to this song.
can't understand the great wonderful gift of God why he should love us why he should want to come into relationship with us but we sure are blessed to know that he does want that and that he will allow it to happen if we'll just open our hearts and so if you opened your heart today to Jesus 
I pray that you'll have peace and that you'll walk with him. Keep your hand in his hand. Read your Bible. Pray. Let us know if we can help you in any way. You can respond by sending an email to care at SalemFields.com. That's pretty simple. Care at SalemFields.com. And as you uh, write a note in telling us how we can pray for you. Maybe you've got a sickness. Maybe you're concerned about some of the financial pressure. Or if you've received Jesus or you've made a step forward in your Christian faith, let us know so we can pray for you. I, I really feel kind of frustrated during the coronavirus that I've been here now going on three weeks and haven't gotten to meet really anybody but the staff and the board. I've met about uh, 25 people out of all the congregation here at Southside, and I, I already love you and I want to get to know you. Uh, but more importantly, right now, since we can't do that, if you could just let us know how you're doing, send that information in to care at SalemFields.com. And know that we're praying for you and we love you. A lot of good things. Tune in, watch the website to find out things that are happening all through the week. Our staff is working overtime to make things available to try to keep in touch with you electronically. And I pray that you'll just get in there and take advantage of all those things. And we're starting this coming week a series seven weeks as we move toward Pentecost entitled everything's changed everything's changed oh man that's pretty true isn't it and it always is with Jesus he makes all things new but I can tell you this this is a crazy time we're living in everything's changed and from the moment Jesus went on that cross came off and rose from the dead everything was different and those disciples heads had to be spinning until the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit filled them and they were changed forever and so we want to have that experience in our hearts and our lives, too. And so our staff's going to be helping us. Several of them are going to be preaching, and I'll be preaching some, and we'll just have a glorious path to Pentecost called Everything's Changed. And we'll have a memory verse every week. Man, I want to encourage you. Seven verses we're going to learn from passages of Scripture, and you can work on them while you're at home with your family. Man, if all of you learn that Scripture, it'll be a blessing to you. Seven Scriptures in seven weeks. I think you can do it. Most of you... I'm pretty sure you got, you know, two or three digit IQs. And so I think you can handle it. I believe that you can really uh, get in there and learn some of God's word. And we're going to have a great time together. So God bless you. Praise the Lord. Yes, there's a God. He looks like Jesus and he loves you. Wants relationship with you. That's good news. Hallelujah. God bless you. Jesus, our redemption. Our salvation is in His blood. Jesus, light of heaven, friend forever, this kingdom come. Jesus, our redemption, our salvation.
to worship together today and remember that Jesus is risen. And I want to invite you to join us here at Salem Fields Community Church during the course of the week. We have a lot of great stuff that's taking place digitally as we're not able to get together physically. But one of those things is on Monday, Monday at two o'clock p.m. on our Salem Fields Facebook page, we're gonna be having a Facebook Live session we're calling Deeper Dive with Pastor Jerome. And we're gonna be talking a little bit deeper into the message that he shared today. So I invite you to join us for that as well as a bunch of other things that we'll be posting by social media on the website and also on our e-news. And definitely be sure to join us next week 
next week for worship on Saturday night at six o'clock and Sunday morning at nine and 11, where we're gonna be capping off on a brand new message series. So invite a friend to join us for that. It's gonna be titled, Everything's Changed, because isn't that true? Everything has changed. We're gonna be talking more about what that means for us and how do we walk forward in faith. So wherever you are, have a wonderful Easter. Happy Easter to you all, and we hope to see you again very soon.